Okay, let's go to Acts 2-4, please. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, why it's important to speak in tongues and um, what it does for us. And then we're going to probably start with one of the gifts of the Spirit um, today. We'll have to probably put them on hold. I'm not sure what the guys are going to be doing or who's first and who's second and who's on third. That's a joke. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so so um, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to them being here. Ruby and Zach come in today, and so I will um, be getting them settled in, and then Nat and Rich will be coming Tuesday, and Nathan will fly in on Wednesday. So you can be praying for uh, everything functioning properly and all that that we're doing. Acts 2-4, please. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. What is a sign that they have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Speaking in other tongues. That's right. That's a sign that they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. What did you say? Oh, did you say something? Yes, remember to do that. I want to be able to call on you. That's my thing. No. Okay, so, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was was giving them utterance. You see that? The Spirit was giving them utterance. And so when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they were all told to tarry. They were all there in one accord. And see, see, I can't say this enough about the one accord thing because on, on Sunday morning, just what we were doing right now, when we, Kim was praying, playing and we were praying and we were singing, we're pulling ourselves into a place of one accord so that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit can happen. Amen? And so you did see that happen. The presence of the Lord came in and um, um, made a difference. Made a difference, I believe, in each one of you as well as the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. There was a word of knowledge that was functioning for sure. Um, Yeah. So, um, did you raise your hand? Okay. (laughs) Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 the presence of the Lord. Yes, yes, that's right. And when we did that, this gives you, a, um, you know, because we do it together, you can experience that anytime you want to, anywhere you want to, by spending time worshiping the Lord and praying in tongues. Okay? All right, so... Um, let's go to First Corinthians then, please. First Corinthians fourteen, and um, the tongues, the manifestation of tongues, is is the evidence that you know that the Holy Spirit is indwelling you. Remember, you get born again, you get all cleaned up, then the Holy Spirit comes and he wants to occupy that place. He wants to occupy that. So that's why I, I don't think I said enough last week. It's a two-headed, it's two-headed coin. The, you receive Jesus as Lord and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so actually, um, uh, it, it, you do both things at once and, and, uh, you can just be led with that. If people are, are hungry and you could tell, you just give them the whole thing. You know, give them the whole thing, but explain to them what's going on, okay? Um, 
when we do what we just did, praying in tongues and and um, uh, praying in tongues and singing in tongues, uh, we become conscious, conscious. We become aware, just like Craig was saying. We become aware of His presence. We become aware of He is indwelling us. He's indwelling us. We become, and you know, if you you do that, let's say, let's say Friday. You, you cussed and you swore and you got angry and got mad and you threw something and then you, you you repented of that but you took time and you started because see God knows everything that goes on maybe nobody saw you cuss and swear and carry on maybe nobody did but who did see it God saw it yeah and so when we worship and we pray in tongues we become he his presence becomes more aware to us we become more aware of his presence. That's what I want to say. We become more aware of him indwelling us. You know what I'm saying? And so then you, when you become more aware of that, you're not going to be so quick to throw things out the window or cuss and swear or get angry at somebody because you know he's right there listening. He's right there hearing everything. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, all three are indwelling. Amen? And they know everything that's going on. They know everything that's going on with you. Everything. Everything. They know every thought you're thinking. They know everything. Yes. It, they know everything. They know everything. And that's why it's so important that you pay attention to what you're thinking. You pay attention to how you're acting. You pay attention to what you're saying so that you can be quick to repent and deal with it. Whatever it is. Be quick to repent and deal with it because you're going to have a friend on the inside that is going to let you know you're missing it. He's going to convict you of it and you need to pay attention to it. Amen? Okay, so 1 Corinthians 14. Um, 14.2. Oh, well, let's just go ahead with one. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly. And we're probably going to come back to this, but pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Verse 2, for the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I go, do you understand that? No one understands, right? Okay. For, for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for... For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. So what's happening when you pray in your prayer language, you're speaking mysteries, you're talking to God, God's talking to you at the same time. You're talking to God, and God's talking to you. And he's explaining, maybe he's going to explain what the next day is going to bring, and he's going to give you the wisdom and knowledge to know exactly what to do about it at that point in time. He's explaining that next day. Well, you don't know it. You may not know it, but you're praying it out right now. And you get over here to the next day and you've got the wisdom and knowledge to know how to deal with the situation that just popped up. See, he knows, he knows what's coming. He knows all about you. And he's going to give you the understanding if you spend the time praying and talking to him about it. See, you're praying out mysteries. You're also praying out mysteries concerning your calling, concerning maybe a class you're taking, whatever he's talking to you about. Because he knows what you need. You may think you need to go over here and do this and this and this and this. 
But if you spend the time praying, he's going to tell, he's going to stop that and he'll, he'll help you recognize that you need to be going this way and doing this and this and this. That makes sense? That makes sense? Okay, so the, the praying in your prayer language is so important to the survival and your walk in the Lord. Amen? It, it really is. Okay? So, um, let's go on to, uh, so you're, you're communing with God, you're speaking mysteries now. I'm not, we, we'll, we will come back to this area. And see, the devil doesn't know what you're saying either. He doesn't know what you're saying. Hmm. He doesn't know what you're saying. And so, so anyway, uh, just to just to let you know, um, we continue to uh, pray in tongues, and those mysteries are unfolded on the inside of us. Amen. Okay, so let's look at Romans eight twenty six, please. Romans eight twenty six. And so Romans eight twenty six says, and in the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helps our weakness. Or um, King James says, infirmity. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for saints according to the will of God. So he understands all about you because he understands you. He's going to be able, when you're praying, he's going to be able to intercede and, and intercede correctly on your behalf because he knows all about you. He's going to line you up with the will of God. He's going to line you up with his will, God's will for your life. Amen? And so it's really important that we do spend that time praying in the Spirit. Um, and, and I want to connect that with, um, well, it, it, let's just go back to, um, hang on. You might, well, I don't know that you need to hang on to that place, but go back there to 1 Corinthians 14 again, and we're going to look at um, verse 13. And I spoke this out earlier when we were in worship. Therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. On years ago, I heard, I think it was Hagen talked about, you know, he he would pray that he could interpret his um, prayer language. And he, he would get understanding, and um, then he'd be able to pray effectively. And so I put that to work in my life um, more so. Back then, I, I prayed that prayer. I just So, Lord, I just ask you to give me the understanding of my prayer language. And so I do that now. When I get into a place of praying and interceding for situations, whether it's, whether it's for the church or anybody else um, that the Lord lays on my heart, I... I told you last week when I pray, I purpose, I purpose to pray. I purpose to hear what God's saying. Cause God's talking to us. He's talking to you. You're talking to Him. He's talking to you. So in those places, then I can intervene and hear what He's telling me. I hear it in English. Then I pray it out. I pray it out. 
in English. That's why a lot of the times I'll come on Sunday morning and the Lord will have told me about the house of cards or he will have told me about the new day or the new nation or he will have told me about we're going this way in the country and all of a sudden we're going to go this way. We haven't seen that yet, but that's coming. We're going to go this way and all of a sudden we're going to go this way. And so those things, all, all those things I heard when I was praying in my prayer language. So when I when I do that, when I hear him, I pray him out in English because, see, that's the direction God's going with the country right now. That's the direction God's going with each of us individually, the new day and the new nation. Amen? So, so, so when I pray in my prayer language, I'm purposed, I'm focused to hear what God says. I, I'm focused to hear what he says. And if I'm praying in, my, in tongues and I don't hear anything, then I'm being edified or built up. Because your prayer language will build you up, will edify you, so that when you come into a, a, a situation, you'll be able to walk through it in a place of victory, not defeat. Not defeat. Because, see, we've taken time to build ourselves up. Amen? Okay, so we pray with the Spirit. We pray with our, our understanding. It goes on and says that in verse 15. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. We all know that. You don't understand what you're praying in your prayer language, but I purpose to hear because I know that he'll give me the understanding. He knows me enough that if I get those words, he'll, uh, he knows I'll pray him out. I'll bring, I'll get an understanding and pray him out. Okay. So verse 15, then it says, what is the outcome then? I shall pray with the Spirit, and I shall pray with the mind also. I shall sing with the Spirit, and I shall sing with the mind also. Amen? Amen. There's just so much freedom and peace in that, knowing that we have that opportunity to find out what we are doing wrong in a situation. We have the opportunity to find out why we don't have the victory. We have the opportunity to find out how to walk in love with somebody. Where am I missing it? We have the opportunity to know what we're supposed to do to keep us walking towards what we're called to do. We know what we need to do. Amen? Okay, so let's go to uh, Jude, please. Jude, it's very, very way back. <laughs> it's right, right before um, Revelation, please. Jude 20. Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. See, so what, what's happening right there when you pray in the Holy Spirit? What's happening? Jude 20, just before Revelation. Francis, building yourself up in what? In faith, yes, building yourself up in faith. So let me, let me take my step one step further. When I, when I hear something the Lord tells me about the nation, just for example, when he tells me there's a new day, then, um, I have the faith to believe for that new day to come. And I'm not moved by what I see because I know that he has told me. And when I've heard his voice and I know he's told me, then I can stand in faith waiting for it to happen and not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine or to and fro by the storms and the waves and things that look terrible because I know what God's told me. Does that make sense? I mean, it's just, it's 
to me, it's it's a, a big revelation that the body of Christ, I believe, will learn to walk in. Uh, we're not doing that, but it's it's really important. Um, so so Jude twenty, you build yourself up in your faith. You're trusting God more fully. You're praying in tongues. You hear what God is saying, and then you pray it out. And 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 because He's given me the understanding, then I have the faith to be able to stand stand on that. Amen. And with that then comes the peace and the rest and not the turmoil, not the cares and the anxieties, because I've heard from God. I have faith to believe for it and it's going to come to pass. That's with any situation. I just use the government or the nation as a as an example, but that's with any situation. I can come before the Lord when I know something's bothering me. I can come before the Lord, pray in tongues. Maybe it's, there's groaning and travailing with it. Maybe not, but I can pray in tongues until I get my release on the inside. You know what I mean by release? A peace and a victory, note of victory. I may, I may not have, I may not have that total understanding of it. I may not have the total understanding, but if I have a note of victory and a note of peace, a, a peace with it, then I know that I have um, that which I've asked God for. Amen. So, so um, I wonder if I'm getting too far up here. Is that why that's doing that? Guys, anything? Okay. So there's a peace and a rest in knowing when you've heard from the Lord and you can walk it out, then you can walk it out. And it, it may be a situation that you hear, you have a peace about it, but he'll also instruct you on how to walk it out. He instructs you what to say. He'll give you a scripture verse. There's all kinds of things that can happen. Amen? All right, so God is so good that he's equipped us with all these things. And um, you can pray in your prayer language and build yourself up anywhere, whether you're working or whether you're in your car or you're doing your dishes. <laughs> There's no excuse, okay? So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was funny, huh, Jalissa? <laughs> okay, um, uh, and then the Lord gave me an example here. Hmm, this is good. You know, um, uh, you know when you're train, training a, a, a lion, for example, uh, and he roars at you, just like your flesh wants to roar at you when it doesn't want to do what you want it to do or, or what God wants it to do. And so you're training your flesh. When you're praying in your prayer language, you're training your flesh to obey because we're see we're a three-part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. Three-part being. I've told you this before. When you're praying in your prayer language, say you just got angry, you're going to move your flesh. You're going to move it out of the way, and you're going to yield over to the spirit or the soul area, whatever is doing the problem. You're going to yield to the spirit of God. See, we, that's what we want. So praying in your prayer language is going to move you to this, move you back into the spirit. See, we're a three-part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. So this, the soul is usually the one that's making and acting up. And then the body will go along and say, yeah, come on, let's go do that. <laughs> well, anyway, then, the, then if you pray in your prayer language, it's going to say, you guys straighten up over here. You're not going to go do that. I'm strong and you're coming with me. You see what I mean? And so so you, you pray in your prayer language, you're going to get your flesh on the back seat and it doesn't have a right to say anything. Okay? So I I had a good analogy with the lion, but we'll, we'll pass on. I'm not sure it's that great. Anyway, 
Okay, Isaiah, please. Isaiah, and I'm going to go to the Amplify for that. And this is the one about the stammering lips. Um, you all know this one, I'm, I think, probably. Um, that's Isaiah 28, please. But I want you to see something we've hinted at already just a little bit ago. Isaiah 28, 11. I'm reading this out of Amplified. And this is 11, um, verse 11 and 12. Um, I'm going to start with 11. No, but the Lord will teach the rebels in a more humiliating way by men with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, says Isaiah, and teach them his lessons. Verse 12, to these complaining Jews, the Lord had said, this is the true rest, the way to true comfort and happiness that you shall give to the weary, and this is the true refreshing, yet they would not listen to his teachings. Talking about stammering lips brings you into a place of rest. And have you ever prayed like maybe even 15 minutes, but usually it's a little bit longer. You feel like you had a steak dinner because you're full, you're filled up, you're full, or or you just feel refreshed. I've told you this before, like Wednesday nights, I, I can be so tired. I do not want to come and pray. <laughs> Don't want to come and pray, but I come and pray. And I get so refreshed that by the time I get home, I'm ready to take work the rest of the night. You know, just that refreshing that the praying in tongues will do for you. Amen? So I, these are all things that are, are uh, of a help to you and encouragement to you to pray in tongues. And also praying in tongues becomes the door for the gifts of the Spirit to flow through you. The, they become the door. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. And if you, you, praying in tongues will make you more sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues will make you aware of the things that God is wanting to do in his service. Amen. He's so good. He's so good. Yep. Okay. So, um, let's go to, um, James 3 now, please. James 3. This is one that um, I'm sure we all can do better with. <laughs> this is your tongue. Your tongue. You know, it's not a very big thing. It's not. Just a minute, I think it's me. Let's see if that works. Your tongue isn't a very big thing, but it tell you it will lead you and guide you into all kinds of trouble. You know, it really will. So, verse uh, chapter three. Um, let's see. For we all stumble in many ways. Verse two. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits in the horse's mouth so that they may obey us, we direct their entire body as well. If you've ever worked with a horse, you know that works. They, you put the bit in their mouth and the, the horse is going to follow right along. Behold, the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, verse 4, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also, verse 5, the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a forest is 
is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. So basically, you know, if you're cussing and swearing, it's coming out of your tongue. If you're angry and enraged, it's coming out of your, your tongue. If you're in control, manipulation, it's coming out of your mouth and out of your tongue. If in your, if you're in fear and carrying anxiety, it's coming out of your mouth and out of your tongue. Amen? So, so you just have to know that your tongue is going to lead you and guide you in trouble. <laughs> if you let it, you're gonna, your tongue, your tongue's going to take you where you don't want to go if you let it. There's all kinds of things that can happen. You get in agreement with somebody against God. You get in agreement. You open the door. And, and so all those things need to be repented of. But when you yield your tongue over to praying in tongues, then what's going to happen? It's what I just said a little bit ago. Your body is going to follow along. Your soul is going to follow along with whatever spoke out of your mouth. If you're praying in tongues, if you're praying in tongues and you're speaking out tongues, then it's going to follow along with that. It's not going to go do its own thing. And that's what our flesh and our soul want to do. It wants to go do its own thing. Okay, um, Acts 10, please. Acts 10. Acts ten forty four. Forty four through forty six. I'm going to start with forty four. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And all the cir- circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse for them to be baptized in, in water. But basically they were hearing them speak in tongues and praying in tongues and they were magnifying God. Uh, what we were doing earlier, praying and magnifying God. Okay, That's what your personal time with the Lord should be. Praying in tongues and magnifying the Lord. Amen. Um, okay, and then let's go over to First Corinthians, and we're going to move into talking a little bit about the gifts of the Spirit. First Corinthians twelve. We'll just read one through fourteen. Uh, tongues, like I said, becomes the door. Tongues becomes the door for the gifts of the Spirit. Now, concerning verse one. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. He wants you to have understanding and clarity where the gifts of the Spirit are concerned. And if you look over here, you don't need to turn here, but I'm going to go to 14. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Desire earnestly spiritual gifts. See, um, I'm just going to show this example. You know, when I was at the Believers' Convention, this was years ago. This was in the 80s, early 80s. And I was down there, and there was all the guys that, you know, I mean, Norval Hayes and Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, Hilton Sutton, all these guys that, you know, we all are aware of. And uh, they were all there, and there was a threat. I think I've told this story before, but there was a threat 
against uh, Kenneth Copeland's life. And we were in this big, huge arena. I mean, there must have been 25,000 people there. It was huge. And um, <laughs> there was four of us there from Iowa. And, and um, we were kind of all in the beginning stages of, <laughs> of the speaking in tongues business. And anyway, um, we, we, they come out, Norval come out, and they wanted to pray and intercede against the threat against Copeland. And so um, Norval started praying, and everybody was praying in tongues. Everybody was praying in tongues. People were crying out and groaning and travailing, and we all, us four, we all looked at each other like, mm. <laughs> you know, this is really strange. You know, this is really. And But I remember saying to myself, I want that. I want that. I want to be able to do that, the groaning and travail. I want to be able to do that. And that was that, was that earnest desire. That earnest desire, that pursuing that, wanting that. And that's what we have to have when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. You have to have that. You have to want those things. Amen? You have to want them. You have to desire earnestly after. And then you seek for them. And you read about them. And you learn about them. And you see how they functioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Oh, yeah, they functioned in the Old Testament. But it was only on those that were anointed, the king, the prophet, the uh, priest. And so, so the New Testament... We have our prayer language and we have our our ability to speak in tongues. And um, so there's a lot of examples in Acts as well as some of the other places where we can look and we can seek and find out how the gifts of the Spirit was working then. And it's all because the Holy Spirit has come to help us do that. So verse, let's go back to 12, um, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. So we want to desire earnestly, it says in 14, and here we... We don't, we don't want to be unaware of. We want to be knowledgeable about the gifts of the Spirit. Because see, it's the Holy Spirit's going to work in you and through you to, to bring a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. Because see, the Holy Spirit is the need meter, but He's got to have somebody be able to do this, somebody to be able to do the speaking and the ministering and the, you know, remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about how the compassion and passion for uh, someone that's hurting and you, you drawn to them. Well, then the gifts of the spirit are going to come into play and you're going to start hearing a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or the gifts of healings that the, the Lord will use you to minister to that person. And that's where we're at. That's where we're at as the body of Christ. We have to be in those places. We have to be ready to be used by the Lord. And so verse 12, verse 1 of chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaks by the Spirit of God, says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord, and there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. And, you know, it's, it's, I would just have to say on my own behalf, <laughs> um, some of the things, I, you know, I go, Lord, that was a little strange, wasn't it? You know, but he'll let me know. Just a little while ago, he let me know that I was okay in what I was doing. You know, I was encouraged. He encouraged me. And so there's a varieties of ministries, the same Lord, and there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. It's not for your good. 
but it's for the common good. It's to bring the body of Christ into a place of wholeness and unity and healing and, and, and helping them walk in what they've been called to do. Verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, and another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one of the same, but one and the same Spirit works all things, all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as I will. What is it? As who wills? Who is that he? Who's the he there? The Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually just as he wills. As he wills. And so, I, I, this, this is where I'm at. I believe the gifts of the Spirit are for everybody. Everybody. Um, uh, I, I believe everybody can use them. It's as the Spirit wills. And you may come into a situation where uh, you need to raise the dead and, and the, that spirit of faith will uh, work on your behalf. And it will, it may be the only time you ever use that gift of, a gift of faith, excuse me, gift of faith. That may be the only time you ever use that. Amen? And so, but, but if you're in a situation where that's needed, the Holy Spirit knows that and He's gonna use you to manifest that gift. Now, in different offices or different ministries, uh, there's, there's prominent um, giftings that you'll see, like a pastor will carry certain ones, evangelist carries certain ones, prophet carries certain ones all the time. But I believe that we can all use, that the Holy Spirit can use us in any gift as He wills, remember, to bring about His will uh, in, in helping that person be free or whatever needs to happen. Okay, so, so we have those, we have those nine gifts. And there are um, three gifts of that say something. There are three gifts that actually do something. And there's three gifts that reveal something. So what are the three gifts that say something? What are the three gifts that say something? Uh-huh. Tongues and interpretation. And what's the third one? Huh? No, no, no. That's a little bit. This is to say something. To give the three gifts that say something. Linda? Prophecy. Yeah. Tongues and interpretation and prophecy. Tongues and interpretation working together equal prophecy. Okay? What's the gifts that do something? What are the gifts that do something? No, no, it, they do something. Dennis, faith, Linda. Oh, sorry, Dennis. Working in miracles and faith. What's the What's the last one that do something? Yeah, gifts of healings. Those words are both plural there, even though you might not. Your Bible might not show that they're plural, but they're both plural. Okay, and what's the gifts? That reveals something. 
word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and no, and discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. They all reveal something. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the and the discerning of spirits all reveal something. Okay? These are all things that it's important for you to understand and know um, the gifts of the Spirit. So that, See, it's all part of knowing so that you can start pursuing and actually earnestly desiring them. You know, earnestly desiring them. And and I, I did that too. I wanted, you know, I don't remember which ones now, but I just wanted to walk in the supernatural. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to walk in the supernatural. So being born again is supernatural. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is supernatural. When you have a supernatural prayer language that you've never learned, it's supernatural, isn't it? I mean, you got kids that are, you got kids that are looking for something like that and they go look, chasing after the cult when God's greater. God's greater. The kids are looking for that supernatural thing, but they're looking in the wrong place. Amen? Amen. And so, and then you got the gifts, besides that, you got the gifts of the Spirit. That's what was functioning earlier. The Lord was demonstrating that, the gifts of the, the word of knowledge, word of knowledge, probably all of it, because that's what we're talking about is the word of knowledge. Now, the, we're getting ready to talk about that. The word of knowledge is just a word. It's You only get a word. <laughs> you only get a word. Now, for me, that was that was hard to swallow because <laughs> my friend, I told you, she had like a TV screen and she just watched everything on the TV. And I'm going, how are you doing that? It says a word of knowledge, you know. And so I had to had to I had to grow up and just let her do her thing. And I kept seeking the Lord and what He was showing me to do. And so a word of knowledge is just a word. He doesn't. He knows more about you than that. But he may give me a word for you. And some of you have experienced that, you know, when I'll call you up and say, how's things going or something like that. The word, the Lord's give me a word I need to call and pray for you, talk to you or whatever. And so, so, um, it's just, it's just a word. Now the word can come in a vision form or dream. It can come in a dream. Well, dream is vision form. But anyway, uh, the, a word can come just an inner, inner voice or inner witness. You know, if I'm praying for somebody and I hear that they they need to uh, repent or they're um, they have not forgiven a family member, or I I hear that word, then I need them in that. Sometimes I just have a witness that you're missing it. I don't know exactly what it is, but I may have a witness you're missing it, so I'll call you on it. Just because I know that that word the Lord shared with me, I know it's true. I know it's right. And that's my job as a pastor is to keep the sheep. Keep the sheep, protect the sheep, and keep them on track with the things of God. I'm I'm accountable for that. That's my job. And I'm held accountable for what I don't do and what I do do. Okay, so a word of knowledge can come in tongues and interpretation. Uh, and I've always de- demonstrated that when I'm praying. I'll have a word of knowledge about the situation. So I bind the spirit of fear, command it to get off of them. Whatever else the Lord shows me. Uh, word of knowledge can come in the gift of a prophecy, in the gift of prophecy as well. We're going to talk more about prophecy, not today though, but, and a, a word of knowledge can come, an angel can deliver a word of knowledge to you as well. Amen? So let's look at, we're, we're going to wind up here. Let's look at in the New Testament, John 4. We're going to look at a word of knowledge that was in, in, 
that um, Jesus was doing. Maybe some of you know what the John 4 is already. Um, anybody want, anybody know or are you already there? Maybe. Um, let's see. So, this is, uh, let's start with John 4, 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for, quick, for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And then verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of the water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. We've talked about that well a number of times today already. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty, nor come out, nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. Verse 18, For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. So you see the word of knowledge working there? Word of knowledge working there? Okay. And then Acts 9, let's go over here and look at this word of knowledge, and then we'll, we'll wind up here. And this was Paul on the road to Damascus. I think this is, um, this is, um, I think we'll go over to, uh, let's see, it's a, okay, let's, let's go to verse 10, uh, chapter 9, verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. Now, I want you to know Ananias was not a prophet, he was not an apostle, he was not an evangelist, and he was not a teacher, and he was not a pastor. He was a disciple, disciple. That he walked, he walked in the things of God, but God used him. Now, now there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for the man from Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So then you can go on and read that, but you see the word of knowledge there? You see the word of knowledge? God was talking to him about, um, basically, he was talking to him about Paul. And um, he really didn't want to go do it at first because he had heard bad things about Paul. But he did go and laid hands on him. But he was just a disciple. And he was able to be used of the Lord. To, um, because he heard that word of knowledge to go and, and pray for Paul. Okay? 
So I, that's just a, a start. We'll pick up the gifts. Hmm. I don't know. We'll pick up the gifts of the Spirit after the guys have been here and, and get more understanding on those. And um, um, hopefully in that, see the gifts of the Spirit are so important in the body of Christ and all of us working together, working here, bringing in the manifestation of God's will for, for people, people that are coming in, as well as becoming knowledgeable, more knowledgeable about the, about the Holy Spirit in your life. And um, it's really important that way. It's really important. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God's so good, isn't he? He is so good that he has given us so many things uh, to help us walk through this life. We, we are able to walk in this life victoriously all the time. All the time. All the time. And if you find yourself depressed or down about something, stop, pray in tongues, worship, pray in tongues, and listen to what he's got to say about it. Because he's got the answer. He's got the answer for every situation we're in. That's why that's why we can say we're we're victorious. The minute we accept Jesus as Lord, we are victorious. We walk in victory all the time. Or or we should be walking in victory all the time. Amen. Amen. I can't say that enough. I can't say that enough because you've got the answer, you've got the equipment, you've got the gifts of the Spirit, you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, so greater is He that's in you than He that's in this world. So you have all of that that you need. Plus you got the armor, you want me to keep going, you got worship, you've got prayer, you've got the name of Jesus, so we keep going. Am I missing some? The blood, yes, we got the blood that paid the price. The blood's paid the price so we can have everything I just named. Amen? Amen. We got healing. We got wholeness. We got life. So it's our job now because we know how to walk in victory to get others to walk in victory. It's our job. It's our job. And they're going to see that you're walking in victory and they're going to want to know what you got. What have you got? What's different about you? I need to know. I need to know. Amen? Well, Father, we just want to thank you for your word today that's alive and and it's it's just sharper than a two-edged sword. And I thank you, Father, that it burns a hole. It burns a hole, Father, that, that life and that knowing uh, that the Holy Spirit is here to help us. Father, it just continues to dog them the rest of this week and bring them into a greater understanding, a greater desire, uh, uh, seeking after the, the things of the Spirit, seeking after the gifts of the Spirit, making themselves aware of the gifts of the Spirit in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for it. We just want to give you all the praise of the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.